1: which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou That's Who with insider Gabe Diarman, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics.
2: Hello and welcome into Mizzou, that's who, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. I am Tucker Franklin, joined as always by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. Uh, Folks, good season for the Missouri Tigers. Ended in a loss to 15-seeded Princeton on Saturday. A lot of going through it. We're going to probably have our own cope session of our own here. Talk about the game, put a bow on the season. Uh, Also, before we get into it, Shout out Charlie Hustle and wear their Monarchs collection. Uh, make sure to go check out that Shakespeare shirt that Maggie's got on. is incredible, uh, by the way. So make sure to go check out charliehustle.com for anything that you want to wear. Gabe, how are you doing? Uh, long flight from Sacramento back, in, back at the home base, I see. Yeah, I'm good. It was uh,
3: fun to cover the NCAA tournament and fun to cover a win. Um, In the NCAA tournament. First time in 14 years I've done that. Uh, I was not there 13 years ago. When they were all the way up in Buffalo. Uh, So. You know. I I feel like there was a. Grieving period. Probably lasted. For most people I think. Only about Saturday. I I think by Sunday morning. From what I saw. Most people had moved on to. Heck of a season. Um, You know I mean it's a missed opportunity because it was Princeton and they were a 15 seed and I'd get that part. Um, but I just I couldn't muster up a whole lot of disappointment or anger, um, you know, given what this team did this year.
2: Yeah. Maggie, your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I'm the same way. Of course, I'm upset. As a fan, like, you're going through it, you're disappointed, you're upset. I don't think anybody thought that we would go into that game and lose it. I mean, we all sat on here – That it was a possibility we could lose. I mean, I think you have to go into every game, (laughs) you know, really thinking that you could. But I don't think anybody actually thought that we would. So, yeah, it was was a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, we got completely outworked. And when you get outworked and you get outplayed, you're not going to win very many games. Especially not in the NCAA tournament and especially not... To teams like Princeton, who have absolutely nothing to lose,
2: I think that it kind of made the pill go down a little bit easier that Kansas also lost. Um, and I think it would have been a little bit sweeter, right, if uh, Mizzou would have made it to the Sweet Sixteen, Kansas would have lost in the Round of Thirty Two. The Missouri fans would have been like, "Hey, you know, in your sport, we were better than you and for that season. We made it further, but we made it the same same length." Can I interject there because that's
3: the problem I have with college basketball? Missouri winning and Kansas losing would not have meant Missouri had a better season than Kansas. That's fair. It meant they had a better week. Arkansas has not had a better season than Missouri. They were like 11th in the country. Missouri was 11th in the SEC. Arkansas has won one more game in the tournament. We have gotten to the point where, to most people, college basketball is a three-week sport. Most people don't pay attention to it until now. And even those who do, like, I'm not saying the tournament is not important. It is, but it's the argument I've had for a long time. I think if you take 2002 Missouri, which was dreadful all year, like preseason top five, last team in the field, 12 seed. They won three games, a couple points away from the elite. Then you take 2012 Missouri, which won 30 games out of absolutely nowhere. Phenomenal season, two seed Won the Big 12 tournament, lost the first round. I think like ninety five percent of fans would say that the two thousand two team had a better
4: season, and they didn't. They just had a better two weeks. Yeah. yeah I mean, and I, go ahead. I, no, I. I mean, I agree. I agree with you too. I think. <laughs> I still. I like seeing Kansas lose. Of course, I didn't. I wouldn't ever. I would never think. I would never think that Mizzou had a better season. No, of course, people are saying currently, you know, that Arkansas is having a better season or that um, Kentucky is having a better season. And, I mean, if you're never going to stop people from thinking those things. I mean, they see you lose. We lost to Princeton. We didn't lose to UConn. So, I mean, I, I understand people maybe saying that, even if it's not true.
2: And I think that that uh, kind of just seeing Kansas lose was all, obviously, Maggie, as you mentioned, was was <laughs> – it was a nice palate cleanser before you knew, because I think the game ended like midway
3: through the second half. I was but... surprised they were playing it you know, on the Jumbotron during the game. Oh, like really? It was up on the big screen during the game. It was it was great. With 30 seconds left, they were playing Mr. Brightside in uh, the Golden One-Sitter and showing, it and not the Missouri band. Like, they were just playing it over the speakers. Wow. And Kansas and Arkansas were in a tie game with 30 seconds left during a timeout. But I was surprised, like, They were in the middle of a play in Missouri-Princeton. And there was like this, uh, the cheer from the crowd when the Arkansas-Kansas game ended. It seemed really weird to me that they were showing it just in the middle of the game. That is weird. I
4: I was wondering if they were because while watching that game, I remember, because I had both games on. So while watching it, I heard this, like, with the sound on in the Mizzou game, like a loud cheer. And I was like, I wonder if they just said the end the final score of that game. And so that would make sense if that's exactly what happened. I
2: had some, uh, I I was talking to some other Missouri fans about it and they said, I feel weird cheering for either one of those teams in that matchup. Um, It it was an interesting rooting interest uh, game. But let's get back to the game, Uh, Missouri-Princeton that game i think was uh, for me at least was incredibly frustrating and like that is like the microcosm of what missouri basketball is has to do to have things go wrong right um put up some shot not ma- not make any buckets your offense isn't clicking for you on the other end you know they're not really hitting they're not really hitting threes at a, at a high percentage like when they're missing they're getting the offensive rebound putting it back up i think at one point their second chance points was 13 to 0 um, at, and that's probably when I stopped watching, so I didn't see the end of it. So, um, if I didn't see the end of it, that means it didn't happen. That's what that's what it is in my head. So, uh, Gabe, your thoughts on kind of uh, Mizzou's performance overall? It
3: was a combination of problems that we knew Missouri had that Princeton exploited, and problems that they hadn't had a lot that popped up on the wrong day. I mean, I, there was a lot of a lot of thought that Missouri lost this game because of bad three-point defense and and bad rebound. And I completely disagree with that. They were bad at those things all year. And they won anyway because they were good enough offensively to overcome. And, you know, I I will fully admit, like, I didn't give Princeton enough credit. Um, I mean, I had Missouri in the Sweet 16, and I didn't really think it'd be close. Um, What I didn't see happening in that game was what happened, the the stretch where that game was decided, Missouri got back within five on a Kobe Brown layup on the first possession of the second half. And the next three possessions, they, they fed him inside and tried to do exactly what they did in Utah State. He missed one and he got two blocks. And what I didn't see happening was Kobe Brown not being able to score inside against Princeton. And once that was the case, I mean, Everything Missouri does comes off that. And when you combine it with only the fourth time all year Des Moines Hodge didn't make a three, Kobe and Des Moines had eight points in that game with four minutes to go. It, you're beating no one. That it, Like, I don't know that Missouri would have beaten anyone on the schedule when that happened, much less anyone in the NCAA tournament. And so, I, you know, the the analogy I made to to kind of compare it to, to something is, it would have been like if the two thousand eighteen Chiefs lost a playoff game twenty four to twenty. And you said, you know, the the defense, man, they can't give up that game winning touchdown drive. No, that's on the offense for scoring twenty points, because you're built to win with offense. This team was built all year to win with offense, and their offense was bad on the wrong day.
4: I think our depth it hurt us too. Um, uh, we just couldn't, you know. Kobe picked up his first foul. I think what <laughs> thirty seconds, seconds. <laughs> yeah, something ridiculous. We had really, I mean, ben Serberg got got some time on there, but we really have three bench players. They had, it's that three, four, five, six. We they had seven. They had seven bench players that they played, and we had three that we kind of played. If you count Aiden Shaw, so maybe two. I mean, it's just, it, it was going to catch up to us eventually. I mean, yeah. we had so many games, and especially like looking to at, at that foul kind of statistic, we didn't take like any free throw. We didn't shoot like any free right. throws. Right, yeah. And well, I-, I will say this, they called nothing in that game. Yeah. The
3: dudes could have punched each other, and <laughs> and it was both ways. No issues with the officiating because it was consistent start to finish. You were going to have to be bleeding to go to the free throw. line.
4: Yeah, Princeton yeah. had Princeton had nine fouls. We had 18. A, uh, a lot of which came in the last four minutes. Yeah, a lot of them came yeah. at the end of the game. But, I mean, there were some times on some, sh- you know, I, I would say Kobe Brown got hacked a few times <laughs> down low. I mean, there were some that you would have liked to see but they did call it consistently. And if they do yeah. that, you can't put all of the blame on it.
3: Well, and the depth I think is, is big. Like Trey million, his presence, like doesn't win that game, right? You're not looking at Trey million and going, he's the difference between losing and, and winning or Ronnie DeGray yeah. or even Isaiah Mosley. But it is just more bodies and, and right. more options. I mean, I had a lot of stuff in the second half. This guy can't play. That guy can't play. I said,
4: Who the hell can play? How's he going to
3: field a team of five people? Like yeah. he only has like seven and a half. There's there's just not much he can do because your next option, if you've eliminated these three guys, is playing Mabor Meja. Legitimately, that's that's his next option. And um, you know, I said I said at halftime, I said I would have taken Golston, Honor, Kobe. Carter and uh, I don't know, one other guy that wasn't DR, oh, Des Moines. I said, I'd play those five and I'd play them until they literally came to the bench and said, I can't play. Like, I have to come out of this game. Um, And then the weird thing was the one run Missouri made was mostly due to Mohamed DR on defense and Shawnee starting to score on offense. And I told the guy next to me, I said, if Dennis Gates wins this game because of DR's defense and Shawnee scoring, put him in the basketball hall of fame. Like, I, you know, this is it, it it's every team ever that loses got out coached, right? That's that's the first thing you hear. We got out coached and out hustled is the other one, and and I'll listen to out hustled in that game. But as far as out coached, I mean, Missouri spent the first half of the game in man defense, and they got absolutely shredded. They could not guard Tosa; he was killing, yep. and so they went to zone, and they got. Absolutely shredded in zone. There aren't other options, guys. It's not the game plan. He played man and he played zone.
2: I I don't know what other kinds of defense there are to play. Well, I want to say this, too, because, Gabe, to your point, I saw a lot of people saying, like, well, Dennis Gates needs to adjust. He can't shoot the basketball. He He did. He adjusted, but he just can't shoot. He can't go out there and score points. He can't go out there and shoot the basketball. So I don't think there are people a little bit too hard on Dennis Gates on there. Briston. Princeton had a good day. Like I mean, that's all that plays into it. Is Princeton played really well, uh, Missouri didn't have their best day. So I that sometimes that's just how it is. That's just how it goes. And I know it's frustrating that it happened to another 15 seed. And as soon as I got on Twitter, as soon as that game got done, I saw Kansas fans saying, "Well, maybe a good thing that we didn't lose to a 15 seed twice in 11 years." Uh, and uh, but we lost in the second round. Uh, but I see. I saw see them coping like that. But I know it stinks. But like it was one of those games where. I was watching that game develop, and I was like, man, it just it just became evidently clear that, like, it was Princeton's night and it was just not Missouri's night.
4: And also, so Princeton made 12 threes, which isn't the most that's been scored against us this season, but it's its a lot of threes. They made four against Arizona. Yeah, four, wow. They, they also, they, they also shot Cook 36. 33. 30, oh, was it 36?
3: Yeah, yeah. they, so, they like, shot a lot. The percentage wasn't bad. Yeah. You know, I mean if they'd made actually, if they had actually shot lights out, they would have won that game by thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you have to give up something, right? And and when I was watching, when they went to that one three one zone, Diara got a couple straight blocks and it looked like to me now I don't know if this is what they told him or if he just wasn't reacting quickly enough. But he was just camped under the basket. And he wasn't leaving. Like he wasn't going and chasing shooters, which I understand, because if the guy at the bottom of the 131 zone goes and chases the shooter, then there is nobody at the basket, right? Yeah. And if Dr is sprinting out at a guy in the corner, he's probably either going to pass it or dribble around him. But mm-hmm. point is that quarter three was open. And I don't know if you guys know this, but kids that go to Princeton tend to be very intelligent. <laughs> and they recognized it real fast. Um and so they just i what i mostly took out of that game was that it wasn't that missouri just rolled over i mean they they got back they made a 7-0 run at the end of the first half yeah and i told my friends i said they might have just saved their season but because i've seen that happen before in the NCAA tournament you know what usually happens when that happens the 15 seed rolls over and they said man we had it but now these guys they're just better than we are like they made their run and They get beat. So, Princeton answered that immediately. And then, the biggest play of the game, I thought, Missouri had it to six. And Sean East goes down and, you know, puts up a left-handed layup. And, like, I don't blame him. Sometimes the ball doesn't go your way. It touched every bit of the rim. And it spun out. And it would have cut it to four. And I just kind of thought, mark that, right? And Princeton went on, like, a 10-0 run immediately. So, my point is, when Missouri punched, Princeton didn't will. They they had right. every answer they had to have. And at some point, you have to say hats off to them because they didn't play like a 15 seed. Now, that doesn't—whatever. Ex- Missouri should have won the game. But the weird thing is, that wasn't Princeton's best win of the weekend. You know? I mean, might have right. been the most impressive, but it wasn't even their best win in three days.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's kind of switch gears here. Uh, after this break, we're gonna kind of put this season in perspective. As we mentioned, something that uh, I think Missouri fans have now started to do a little bit better than what they did uh, after the game was over. So, once we get back, we're gonna ta- we're gonna talk about that. Uh, so, we'll be back after this.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network.
0: We'll be back right after this.
5: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: All right. Welcome back to Mizzou That's Who. I'm Tucker Franklin with Armin and Maggie Johnson. Let's put the season in perspective. Uh, Gabe, overall, if I would have told you in, let's say, November, maybe September, um, Missouri would be, make it to the round of 32. They'd be the fourth seed in the SEC. They'd win over, I think, 25 games is what they ended They end up 25, 25 and 10 on the season. What would your immediate thoughts have been?
3: Well, I'll go a step further than my thoughts. If you had told Dennis Gates that on November 1st, he'd have said, sign me up. I'm, I, we don't got to play. I'm done. Signed it up. Yeah. Every single person would have taken. Um, you know, and the thing about the NCAA tournament is like it sucks for sixty-seven of the sixty-eight teams. It mm-hmm. just does. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, there are decrees, right? If you lose in the Elite Eight, it sucks a little less than losing in the first round. But you're gonna end the season with the loss, and it feels so incredibly vital. Because I think even more so in college sports than in pro sports, because like most of the important Eagles players are probably coming back next year, right? Or at least have the option to like, you know, that for some guys, that's the last time they're ever setting foot on a basketball court, you know, and it it just hits with, it, it lasts so long and it ends so fast.
4: Yeah, no, I I agree about the finality. I think that that kind of makes it, it makes it hard for me as like a sympathetic person or, you know, I have that empathy for these guys because I do know that they'll probably never play again, at least definitely never play in the Mizzou uniform again. And for a team like this to, I didn't expect it either, I guess to kind of answer that question. I think we said at the beginning of the season, get 20, 21 wins. We'll likely make the tournament. You know, who knows where we're like, that was the ceiling. Yes. Yes. yes, And that's like, we were like, we're going to have to work really, really hard to get to those 20, 21 wins. And obviously they did, but to get 25 with one of those being a tournament win and you haven't had it in 13 years, I just don't see how you can say anything that negative about the season. Yes, we lost and it was disappointing and it was slightly embarrassing. But who cares? At the end of the day, what I try to tell like all the Mizzou fans I know is there's always next year to try. <laughs> like There's always next year. There really is. Yeah. And,
3: and like, you know, you mentioned the 13 years and this team, like you can't talk about this team without talking about that. Right. Because. Right. It's like the reason back when I was growing up, the reason Northern Iowa sucked was because Rhode Island had happened, and you know these other games had happened, and then I, there would be more of them, you know. Um, but it, this team, you know, like I saw somebody say, and and I want to be clear, we make this mistake. We see a few tweets or a few message boards posts, and we say, "Well, people are saying." Well, no, like three yeah. people. Mostly, I think Missouri fans have have reacted to this and handled it the way we are. Um, but this team did something that hasn't been done here in a long time, and I thought what really hit me, and you always ask this question after the last game of the season, and it's a stupid question because you never get an answer. But like after the game, you know, hey, you lost – you obviously wanted to go further, but can you kind of put into perspective what what you did this season, right? Every person who's ever covered a team that did not win a title asks that question at the end of the year. And it's stupid because usually it's, I'm just mad we lost, man. I'll think about that tomorrow and I'll appreciate it down the road. That wasn't Missouri's answer on Saturday. Like, immediately, Trey Million and Ben Sternberg and Des Moines Hodge all said, you know... Like, I really appreciate the chance I had to come here and do this, and we want to be the guys that everybody remembers that laid the foundation for Coach Gates, and that future teams look back at, and they're the ones that followed us, and ultimately, we don't know if this team's going to be that, but and, and look, maybe I'm just old, and so I'm soft, and stuff like that hits me a little more, yeah. but like seeing a guy seeing guys who a should never have been played. Like, they're not supposed to be here. But B, we're here for one year. Like, who are you going to remember more? Des Moines Hodge or all the guys who spent four years here between 2013 and 2020? There's no question you're going to remember Des Moines Hodge. And he did that, and Trey O'Million did that, and Drake is as, as much as I know he made some people mad at times, like, he did that. They all did that in nine months, you know, and... What I wrote after the game was just they made you care again, it, right? You you knew what time the game was on Tuesday, and like in 2019, Maggie probably knew what time the game was on Tuesday night. But most people did, you know. Most people on my message board did. Most of my friends who say they're guy hard fans, like they would say, like who plays for us this year? Um, you know what what time what time t- we still, SEC, is that is that still happening? Still playing Kentucky? You know, because they had just checked out. And for anyone who has any sense of what this program used to be and what it hasn't been for a long time, this team brought some of that, Matt.
4: Yeah, and they won big games for us, too. It's not like they just did the bare minimum. I mean, you know, they beat Illinois by... 20-something points. They beat Kentucky. Uh, Sure, we fell pretty short playing Kansas, but they did a lot. And they kind of remind me, when Jared Sutton came on our show, and he said the same thing, he goes, when we left, we thought that we set this team up for the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is exactly what every single player wants to do, is set that team up for the success, build the foundation, and you're right, Gabe. I think that they did that. Now it's up. Now we get to see what Dennis can really do in bringing in freshman players, replacing these guys with transfers. Um, I'm sure maybe we'll talk here in a little bit about who's gone, who might come back, and things like that. But now we really get to see Dennis Gates, you know, spread his wings a little bit. I think that's the
2: exciting part. Is this roster wasn't necessarily a roster full of all stars, right? Um, This roster was Cleveland State. Um, and he took them to the second round of the NCAA tournament with some transfers, with Kobe Brown, who was already here and really developed Kobe Brown a whole lot. Uh, took a took a huge step forward. So I think that that serves for some excitement as Dennis Gates starts to get his own guys in there. I was looking at the, the rivals recruiting rankings. He's a, already got a top thirty-five class uh, coming in for this next season. So that's exciting. I know Trent Pierce is a guy that people are excited about. They've got they've got guys in this class that are highly rated and guys that they're excited about getting in there, too. So the transfer portal, obviously a huge part of that, too. So I'm curious to see kind of how Dennis approaches that and filling uh, some of the gaps that he's going to have. But uh, for the future, it looks bright. Yeah, I mean, they're a year ahead of
3: schedule. Nobody can argue they are. And what I think should most encourage people is every single player who played this year. Significant, and I'm sorry, that doesn't include Isaiah Mosley. It doesn't include Ronnie DeGray. Um, doesn't include Kobe or Caleb Brown because those, those guys didn't play significant, right? But every player who played the majority of the games, every single one had their best season ever in basketball. Yeah. They were better than they've ever been top to bottom. And so if you want to call that luck, you can call it luck, but I would tend to believe it has more to do with
2: coaching and player
3: development. Absolutely.
2: Something that you'll have to see too. And, and, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this because when you talk about a first-year coach and you talk about success with a first-year coach, sometimes that sets the bar maybe a little too high. Um, and this we could run into this situation with with Dennis as well. Um, possibly happen with Conzo when you talk about him getting Michael Porter Jr. I know that I think some people had a little bit of perspective with that, but I don't think so. At the same time. Are, are we worried that the bar is going to be too high for Dennis uh, after making the tournament, breaking the streak, home, I mean, getting to the, a spot where they could have realistically made the Sweet Sixteen—is the—is that bar not too high for them? Might be. We'll see next
3: year, right? I mean, but like, because, yeah. make no mistake, Missouri fans will expect the tournament next year, yeah. with or without Kobe. They will expect the tournament because you got there this year. So the expectation is, well, you just get better every year, so you're gonna get there next year and, and hopefully go further. And that said, I would assume Dennis would go ahead and say, It's it's cool, I'll take the burden. You know, because I'm I'm glad we went to the tournament. But like I remember talking a few years ago with a friend of mine covered Purdue and Jeff Brom came in and went by, like, I don't know, something like seven and five seven and five his first year, which was great because they had been too intent. Right. Right. Yeah. And then the next year they went they were back to like four and eight. And my buddy said, He would have been better off if the years were reversed. If he'd gone four and eight in year one and then he'd gone seven and five, everybody would said, Oh, what great progress. But because he went in and did this miracle thing in year one and went seven and five, everybody at the end of year two goes, Well, hold on, and I, I thought this dude was our miracle worker and now he's just another guy.
2: Yeah.
4: But But look at it from a recruiting standpoint, Um, being able to tell guys that you came in and you took your team full of mid-major transfers and Kobe, you know, to the second round of the NCAA tournament, come play for me, we'll go further. I mean, it's a much easier sell. It's a much easier sell than to kind of flop or have won like 15 games or something. It's a lot easier sell to have 25 wins.
2: For sure. And being a four seed in the SEC tournament, I, listen, if you were told, the four seed still kind of blows my mind that the Missouri was a four seed in that tournament. Um, I don't know why, but like that still is like, wow, it's crazy. Uh, they finished in the top four. And like, I don't know, we were talking about fighting for middle of the standings and in terms of beginning of the season. We were talking about all the changes in the SEC in terms of coaches. They were trying to fight out for who was going to be the best of the of the new coaches. And Came on top, obviously. That, that wasn't but, even a competition. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't, and that's that was kind of one of the things that I really started to think about when I started to put last the season in perspective. Because I kind of turned the pages, I I do worry a little bit that there, the expectations are going to be a little bit higher, especially with the with the contract extension already happening. Um, that could be something that adds a little bit of pressure to it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
3: Dita okay. does not strike me as a guy who. Really cares much about pressure. No, he is. Uh, he's
2: he's pretty calm. Cool. <laughs> yeah, other side of the pillow. No, it's. Yeah. Uh, and and I was talking with with some fans, even some some Kansas fans, kind of about what what Missouri has cooking up next year. We were talking about some of the guys that they've got going, and 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 some of the holes will have to fill. I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't bring in a, a big guy who can rebound the basketball um, a little bit. Uh, they're going to need to address that area. I'm sure Dennis already knows that he doesn't need us to tell us. But uh, Gabe, what do you kind of want to see in these upcoming months, weeks, years for Missouri basketball when it comes to building their team for next
3: year? Yeah, I mean, you need a you need a rim protector. Uh I thought it was encouraging to see Diara do a little bit of that in the second half. I mean, I don't know if he's consistently that guy, but but he did it well there. Um, you need a rim protector. You need a shooter at least, you know, because you know Des Moy Hodge is gone. But the key to Dennis's first off season was, could he keep Kobe Brown? And the key to Dennis's second off season is can he keep Kobe Brown? I mean, I'd be re- because I, I really think if Kobe comes back and i like, I think there's a pretty decent chance of it, guys. I've changed my thinking on this in the last two weeks. i I think there's a better chance than not that Kobe comes back next year. Um. So, if he does, I think that's a team you're going to see get preseason top 25 votes, be picked, you know, in the top five or six of, of the SEC. If he doesn't, I think what you're going to see is people go, okay, now, like, prove it to you. Pro- prove that last year you can do this again with a very, very different group of players. You know, so, um, man... I, I don't think it, there are many worlds where when Dennis took this job, he thought he would get two years of, like, first-team All-SEC Kobe Brown. But if he can do it, boy, that's a, that's a hell of a thing.
4: And it that doesn't hurt his transfer portal recruiting at all. Right. Um, being able to say that, you know, Kobe's coming back and, you know, there's – There's a lot of guys that still have some eligibility that Mizzou has looked at in the past that, you know, I've heard some rumblings about players like Caleb Love and players like Jamarion Sharp and things like that. And I'm I'm not putting anything like that's going to happen. I know Caleb didn't have like the greatest season, Um, but you know, players like that, there's big names on the board that would maybe come here and play for a guy like Dennis Gates with a player like Kobe Brown.
3: Now, the thing about Kobe is we're not going to know for a while, right? He's going to go through this process. He's going to do the workouts. I, I think the the deadline to withdraw is somewhere around June 1st. I believe it is, yes. So he's going to go do workouts for NBA teams and get feedback. And look, I, I've, I talked to somebody over the weekend, and, and everybody understands this. If Kobe, If the feedback is that Kobe is like a borderline first-round pick, he's got to go. Like, he, he's he got to. Um, I don't think that's going to be the feed. I haven't seen him there at any— if that's the feedback, it's going to mean he had incredible workouts with teams. Like, he, yeah. he really raised his stock between now and the end of May, which, which seems tough to me to do. Uh, but, yeah, it's, so it's going to be a little bit. So Dennis might not necessarily be able to sell that to some of these kids. Now he may be able to say, hey— we feel like we got a pretty good shot, you know, but but I don't think we'll know officially. So Maggie brought up Caleb Love. I was talking about this with somebody two weeks ago. I, like, legitimately, would you take him?
4: Do you think? I'm I gonna mean, say no. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, but he, I mean, last year I don't think he pawed that great of a. I couldn't tell you what his stats were for North Carolina, but I know he took some bad. They were not. Uh, good. Yeah, I know he took some know. bad shots, but. He's still a pretty good player. I mean, do you think maybe he plays a little bit better knowing he's getting the play in front of his, his family every week? I, I don't know. So here are
3: Caleb Love's career stats. Three years.
4: Here, here we go. Uh-oh.
3: 39.7% shooter from the floor. 31.7% shooter from three-point range. 3.3 assists and 2.7 turnovers per game. He averages, uh well, let's see, approximately, over the last two years, he averages approximately 13 shots a game and shoots 35%. Um, Caleb Love huh. had the greatest three weeks of his basketball life at the perfect time. Like, at the perfect time. He was amazing in the NCAA tournament. He was never that player before, and he's never been that player since. Yeah. And I just worry with local kids if he comes here and it doesn't work, if he comes here and he shoots 31%, and like, I don't see Dennis being a guy that's like, no, it's cool. Come take 15 shots a game, you know? So if it's not working, does it do more harm than good?
2: Well, here's my thing. We just got done talking about how they need depth and how they need guys. Now, would Caleb Love come off the bench and be okay with it? No, he won't. But like, it would be kind of cool to have a guy like that come off the bench. Um, but that's I don't know. They they do need somebody. I mean, I mean, is be cool to get Brandon Miller to come be your
3: sixth man too? But that's not. Gonna that's happen.
2: true. If he wanted to, we'll take him. Man, uh, I to turn him away. Must be six man. <laughs>
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after
4: this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app.
1: entertain educate inform kc sports network
2: a lot going on uh, with just like the moving parts and everything and and, Gabe, as you mentioned it does get a little really tricky with the transfer portal and trying to get rosters i remember kc specifically ran into this last year where they had like two guys on the roster on june 1st like they, they were waiting for guys to like come back and like their big concern was are they going to have a team put together by the time that they have to start practices? Because they got such a late jump with, they kind of hired Jerome Tang a little bit later, if I remember correctly, and then they basically had to wait for these guys. I think Keonta Johnson they had to wait for him to get medically cleared, and then they had to wait for some of these guys going into the uh, the draft to pull themselves out of the draft so they could get them. Um, it's It, it kind of delu- makes everything a little bit more complicated, but uh, it could be something worth waiting for.
3: And like and like that, it's not going to be that extreme, obviously, with Dennis. I mean, he's got the four incoming players. I'd be stunned if Nick Honor's not back, stunned if Sean East isn't back, stunned if Noah Carter's not back, and stunned if Mohamed is not back, and pretty close to stunned if Aiden Shaw's not back. So that's nine guys, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're waiting on Kobe. We all know the Mosley. I, I don't know, guys. He can come back. Does he want to, or do they want him to? I I don't know.
4: He can't transfer anywhere else, though, right? He would have one year left of eligibility.
3: I go D two. You, you can always transfer somewhere else. Like, it, yeah, it, he'd find a. Re- it, it, everybody finds a way. You know, I mean, like Northwestern State's entire team transferred there, and they'll they're all in the portal today. So, whatever, they'll enter the portal and figure it out later. They said they're going to be harder on waivers, but they. Um, so if if he wants to go somewhere else, he'll go somewhere else. But I just, I don't know what to make, you know, I don't know what to make of that one. Does he, does he, cause I I think he genuinely seems to be overall happy at Missouri and like not hold anything against the coaches or, or the administration or anything like that. But also at some point, man, part of the reason you did run into depth was because one of the guys you were counting on. You just couldn't count on him to be there every day, and and I want to be clear, like I'm not trying to say anything bad about Isaiah, by saying that it's just a simple fact of matter that you you took him this year because you didn't know that that this stuff was going to happen, right? Yeah, but now you know it could, and that has to impact how you build the
2: roster. The Horizon League's a bit different than the SEC uh, when it comes to I don't know if they're in the Horizon League or not. I can't remember if from Missouri Valley is that where they're in. Uh, Missouri State, Missouri Valley.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know why I thought it was the Horizon League. Um, <laughs> that's where the the rest of the team came. Pretty, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it all tracks. Yeah. So it, it's a little bit different. So I can I can understand. Um, I guess I have some some grace right for Isaiah Mosley what what he was going through like that. I know I know a lot of fans early on were kind of upset about it, but I listen. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That's what it comes down to. And, and you mentioned game. I mean, man, if they had Isaiah Mosley firing on all cylinders like we kind of anticipated at the beginning of the season, this team looks a whole lot different uh, than it did against Princeton on uh, Saturday. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of promise going forward for this team. Uh, very excited uh, going forward with the Dennis Gates era. I think that the program is in good hands. Um, I remember at the very beginning after they hired uh Dennis. Before we started this podcast, I was talking with Jared Sutton kind of offline, and he's he was saying how much he loved him. I didn't know anything about Dennis Gates, right? And Jared was going on and on about how much he loved him. I was like, all right, well, if he's good enough for Jared, it's going to be good enough for me. Uh, So I bought all in. And a friend of
3: mine, a friend of mine, sent me uh, yesterday sent me Pete Thamel's tweet that was the first one that said, "Hey, he is a strong candidate," or something like it, which is basically Pete's language for Missouri's hiring him. I just, I just yeah. have to leave myself some wiggle room in case it doesn't happen. Um, but he sent me that tweet and just said, "Read the replies if you haven't." Oh man, there's a whole bunch yes. of story fans that should probably just delete that account or change <laughs> the username or something. And like, look, we've all been wrong, right? I like, For I was sure. mad when Mahomes was drafted over the Watson, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that you should be able to see the future. I, I'm just saying. It's funny, we are now what is saying, March 20th or 21st, something like that. We are like 363 days uh, from it's a year on Wednesday that Missouri hired Dennis. Yeah, uh, the opinions could not have been more 180 back then than they are
4: now. Well, I remember one of the first tweets I saw was, was I don't remember who it was from, somebody at Mizzou, and they're like, Hi, character. This and that, and I'm like, oh, just another Conzo. I'm like, if we're just gonna hire somebody for character, I'm like, at least keep Conzo. We can keep it in shot. And I'm like,
3: I mean, like, to to be fair, Maggie, did you expect the official to release to be like scumbag? But dude wins, <laughs> you know, like
4: I mean, it could have at least been like Horizon League Coach of the Year, blah blah blah. And it was just like. Man of moral character, and I'm like, so, oh, so on the record, Maggie
3: wants the character to be there, just more like in paragraph four.
4: Right? Able, yeah,
3: just it don't no with the character.
4: Just have a medium amount of character, and I will be <laughs> with
3: you. Not as Ma- as Maggie's baseball. second favorite team is actually now St. John.
4: <laughs> if you win and have like 55 percent good character, then we're on the How mem is out of that? Yeah, Alabama. Have- he he he's gone. He's <laughs> got
2: about 5% character. Um, <laughs> before we get into ourselves into too much trouble, I think my first tweet about Dennis Gates was I just quote-tweeted and said, who? Um, <laughs> which it's kind of mean to start off on that, that foot with uh, Dennis Gates, who knew that I would have a whole folder on my phone of Dennis Gates memes when <laughs> I would have sent that tweet of just uh, everything that they've done. But uh, yeah, looking up, uh, I was also... I saw this week in Missouri swept Tennessee in baseball.
4: We did. No, not even, it wasn't even close. No, all over games were And Tennessee was number two in the country. Crazy. Yep. College baseball world and season. And now we're <laughs> now we are ranked. Ooh. Which I will stand by that I think preseason rankings are so stupid and biased and they should not nothing no ranking should come out until like a month into any season. Because when you so we had no votes. We had zero votes to be ranked in in like the in, like the top fifty or something. Like it was wild. Mm-hmm. No votes to be ranked, and then you sweep. We're like sixteen and three, I think. We sweep Tennessee, who's you know who was the number two team in the country, and we go to number twenty two, and Tennessee drops to like number twelve. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, preseason rankings shouldn't even exist because. They're just basing it off of that. Like that's where you start.
3: Well, this seems like a good uh place to point out, as uh Dave Matter did to me over the weekend, Missouri is still thirty six spots ahead of Princeton at Ken Palm's. Oh.
2: Works both oh. ways. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh I also want to give a wrestling shout out, uh, national yeah. champion again, uh Keegan O'Toole. One sixty five, is that right? Is that his weight class? Yeah. yeah uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Because everybody turn, tuned in for he my beat, wrestling takes. He beat, he beat the qu- guy he lost to.
4: Twice. <laughs> lost to him twice. and we I'm pretty sure we said on this podcast, all he has to do is beat him at NCAA. All the time? <laughs> we called it here first, ladies and gentlemen. They
2: finished fifth. That's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. Wrestling school,
4: if you ask me. Well, gymnastics finished fifth in the nation last year. Um, then wrestling fifth in the and then gymnastics finished sixth uh, as SECs sees this week which they beat something they beat some of they beat some of yeah it's pretty much six in the country um besides the have this election show this morning i'm not going to pretend that i watched
3: it or know where they're going but for the uh, come on uh, i'll look it up on twitter here well
2: while... <laughs> i got it here number 17 gymnastics recording oh wait no that's the wrong story
4: my bad
3: uh, Mizzou is the number thirteen overall seed and will compete in the UCLA regional from March thirtieth to April first. UCLA.
4: That's a tough, that's I tough.
3: assume UCLA is good because UCLA is good at like legitimately everything that's not football. Yeah. But.
4: And they they have like Olympians as coaches and stuff. Well, <laughs> so, cool. fun fact, fun fact there for you guys. They have like there's an Olympian on their team, so she just turned around Jordan, Jordan Jordan Chines or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, loaded. UCLA, LSU. Those those teams are always uh, very loaded. Well, uh, appreciate everyone tuning in to this week's episode of Missouri That Two. We're going to take a little break, uh, just because I don't know if you know this. Not much going on. Be back as news warrants, maybe. Yes, that makes sense. Yes, I think it's fair. Um if Missouri signs a top one hundred <laughs> transfer portal, top fifty transfer portal quarterback. We'll be back on the I don't, I don't think they need another one of those. Yeah. Who knows? Quarterbacks now. Hey, well,
3: I I think you meant to say center.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes. Who's they for, for both. Actually, that could be applicable for
2: for either. Yes. <laughs> for either. sport. they do need a center. Um. Uh, we'll 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 record a podcast when Sam Warren, uh throws his perfect game. Um. So you guys stay up to date on everything you need to know Missouri athletics wise. Well, uh, I've I've already put in requests
3: for. Kobe Bryant, to announce his intentional return, either on Power Mizzou or Mizzou, that's who. I don't like my chances of either one.
2: Dang. But I, if
3: if he agrees to it, we will do a podcast in that situation as well.
2: Yes, we will. Uh, you, you think of the big news, we'll be here for you. Uh, but we are going to take a little bit of a break for a little bit just because, you know, we've been going since August. Uh, we need a little sabbatical, we'll call it. We'll call it a sabbatical. <laughs> Um, But we appreciate you guys always listening to the podcast. Make sure to be a friend, tell a friend about the Mizzou That's Who podcast. We'll be back uh, whenever we feel like it to give you the latest on Mizzou athletics. So thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.